All right. Well, uh, today is um, an interesting topic in church world. I know some people cringe when they hear it. Some of it, it, depending on the church background you came from, if you have a church background, it impacts how you feel when you hear the topic that we're talking about today. And some topics just need to come up every once in a while, not because they're urgent, not because there's this big issue, but they're just a big enough issue in people's lives that it's important to hit them from time to time. And sometimes we'll do a full series. Sometimes it just needs to be a Sunday and that's what it is today. And, that, and the topic today is generosity. Now, yeah, see, see it, can, it can get awkward. If you're new to church and somebody invites you, you're like, oh, no, I picked the money day. What did I do, right? Uh, but I, I am, uh, as much as it can be an awkward topic in the world of church, I have been fortunate around here at Fieldstone. I have never had to talk about money needing money, right? It, it happens a lot. Joe and I were actually laughing this past week because we noticed a couple uh, churches that we that we follow. Um, we had heard rumors that maybe they were struggling lately, and then they all started a giving series in the last couple of weeks, and we're like, ah, that's uh, coincidental timing, I'm sure. But, and, and not to say that it's not important for them to do that, but I've just always been thankful that, uh, that we've never been in a spot where I've had to get up here and talk about giving, talk about generosity, um, feeling like, oh man, I hope that they get it, right? Because otherwise we're in trouble. We've never, never had that uh, situation, thank God. But uh, but it's one of those topics that, that's important to come up because it impacts our lives. And even if you're not a church person, I think that the principles that God gives us when it comes to uh, stewardship and generosity can be huge in our lives. And so, uh, But one thing I would say, that last song, if you walk out of here with anything, uh, walk out of here saying, God, here's my heart. God, here's my life. Um, and, and so that's kind of the goal of this. But um, as awkward as generosity can be to preach on, I've always felt like I'm... I'm in a perfect position to be one who talks about it because my entire life has been lived in, in a world of generosity and not my own, not, not my generosity. So I am, uh, I'm a pastor. I've been uh, in full-time ministry for pretty much my entire adult life, but I am and have been my whole life a pastor's kid. And so when you think about where the income has come from, from my birth until today, now there, there have been seasons, my, I think my, my mom uh, did some work in from time to time, Kathy has been able to work more since the kids have gotten older, but when you think about my life, quite literally everything I've ever owned, everything I've ever eaten, everything I've ever worn, everything I've ever driven, everything I've ever lived in, everything I've ever enjoyed as a hobby. Everything, every place I've ever vacationed, every gift I've ever given to my kids has been possible because of the generosity of God's people, the church, right? So that has been my life, going back to my dad's full-time job, my full-time job since I've been an adult. But it's not just money. When I think about my career, everything I've ever succeeded at in my job, everything I've ever been a part of or accomplished in ministry, everything I've ever experienced has only been possible because other people decided that they would voluntarily help with whatever I was doing. That's a different way to get through life. It's an interesting way to get through life. And that makes generosity very personal for me as an individual. And I'm sure many of you have similar stories of maybe not even from a ministry family, but maybe just seasons of life where other people's generosity was pivotal for you getting through that season or, or you being provided for in that time of life. And so uh, it's a big deal. But when you think about generosity from the average person's point of view, throw out Jesus stuff, throw out Bible stuff, throw out what we talk about in the context of a church. When you think about generosity from the average person's point of view, I don't think generosity makes a lot of sense because what you're saying is, okay, it's my stuff, stuff that I worked for, 
stuff that I take care of and I treat with respect, stuff that where it was my discipline and my good principles of saving and investing that has made it possible. It was my research into the pros and cons and the short-term and long-term benefits of acquiring this stuff. And what you're saying is you want me to consider the possibility of someone else benefiting from all of that? Short answer, yes. It's exactly what I'm asking you to consider. But this creates some very natural questions like what makes people do that? What makes people act like that? In a world where sometimes it's so hard to just get what we need, what would cause someone to give some of it away? Those are natural questions. Those are difficult questions to answer. And so today my goal is just maybe to simply expand your idea of what generosity means um, and hopefully maybe push us a step or two down the road of living lives of generosity. And today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 25, and, and the passage that we're dealing with is in the midst of a series of parables that Jesus is teaching about the kingdom of heaven. And so these parables, if, if you don't know, parables are basically stories or anecdotes with a moral lesson at the end, a moral challenge kind of interwoven through them. And in this section, Jesus is saying phrases like, the kingdom of heaven will be like... And then he offers an illustration or offers a story to go with it where he says things like, hey, it's so valuable that you're going to want to do whatever you have to do to experience this kingdom. Or he describes it and says, hey, this kingdom, you're going to ignore it and ignore it and ignore it. And then if you ignore it too long, all of a sudden you miss it. The kingdom of heaven is like these things where he's saying, this is how things work when I'm in charge. In, in my kingdom, we love different, we live different, we have different values and priorities. This is how things not only look in my kingdom come, but this is how things should look now here on earth when you're trying to live like me and love like me. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. So this, this Matthew 25 passage is in the midst of those types of things. And so uh, that's where we're going to be. And this is a, a parable that if you're around shirt, you've heard this before. This is a common passage when it comes to giving, to serving, things like that. Um, and so we've taught on it before. We'll teach on it again someday. But this is where we're at this morning. Matthew 25 will be in verse 14 to kick it off. And Jesus is talking. He says, again, it, and when he says it, he's talking about the kingdom of God, right? This is something he's been talking about. If you read the chapters before, the chapters after, this is when, when God's values are played out on earth. That's the it. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. So in many of these parables, if not all of them, there tends to be a God character and a character that represents us as humans or multiple characters. So this, this God character is teaching a lesson, uh, plays the role of leader, king, master, what have you, and then you have those playing the role of servants or humans like us. And you, you have that in this story. And then he, it says he entrusted his wealth to them. So, so he entrusts all the money. So... 0% of this money belongs to the servants and 100% of the money belongs to the master. And yet, even though it's 0%, 100%, in this scenario, all of the power rests with the servants. And yet, none of it belongs to them. All of it belongs to the master. We'll continue on. To one, he gave five bags of gold. To another, two bags and to another one bag, each according to his ability, and then he went on his journey. So now, just, just to kind of set the stage, this is a tremendous amount of money that he's leaving behind with each of these servants. So, so one of these bags of gold, or some other translations will call them talents, 
But these bags of gold, each bag represents 6,000 days of work. 6,000 days. And so to put that in modern-day terms, and I know the value of money is changing by the second these days, but in modern-day terms, what you're talking about is one bag of gold representing anywhere from $500 to $600,000, one bag of gold. We're not talking about some little gold nugget like, hey, your little buddy, I'm going to go on a trip. Why don't you take care of this for me? No, this is a tremendous amount of wealth, especially when you start talking about two bags, five bags. This is an incredible amount of money that he's leaving behind. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. And the master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Man with two bags of gold also came. Master, you entrusted me with the two bags. See, I have gained two more. Master replied, same way, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man. You harvest where you have not sown. You gather where you have not scattered seeds. So I was afraid. I went out and hid your gold in the ground. So here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked lazy servant. You knew that I harvest where I have not sown and you gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. So notice how this played out. At the beginning, he asked them to manage what he left behind and then report on it when he gets back. Go and do with my money what I would do with my money. Go and represent me by the way that you handle my money. And in the end, two of them were looking forward to his return. One was not. And what we find is it had nothing to do with the amount that was left behind. It had everything to do with what they did with the amount that they were given to manage. Jesus is saying here, hey, whatever you have, it's not yours. It's mine. Whatever you have, it's not yours. It's mine. Psalm 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world is and all who live in it. says something similar in Psalm 50, verses 9 through 12. God says, I have no need of a bull from your stall or of a goat from your pens, for every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all that is in it. God makes it very black and white. 100% of what we have belongs to to God, and 0% belongs to us. And so when it comes to this topic of generosity, I want to give you a, a new working definition as we go forward into the rest of your life, right? Generosity is managing God's wealth God's way. Generosity is managing God's wealth God's way. Now, a very important note before we get too much further, right? Some of you, like I said, some of you are getting nervous because of a money talk, right? Like, 
Why does he have a spreadsheet up there with everybody's name on it? What't going on? No we don't this is one and so I, I want to make clear like I, I like to I, I try to be a relational speaker so there are points where I like to look at people and make eye contact and so if it feels like I'm lingering on you, it doesn't mean that we've been watching the records and oh boy got them right so that's not what this is because generosity is way more than about money. Right now, and, and this is where it gets difficult talking about generosity because on, on one side, as pastors, sometimes we do have to challenge you, right? We do need to hit you with the truth. But we also, we, we're not trying to create guilt for those who maybe have never given money to a church. Or maybe sometimes you're in a season where giving anything away means giving everything away, right? And so, so there's this tension when it comes to money. So, but, but generosity includes money, but it's not about money. Generosity includes money, but it's not about money. Let me show you what I mean. If we go back to Matthew 25, there's a reason why this particular passage comes up when people are talking about giving or talking about serving. It's because this word, this, there's a word in this verse that's very diverse, and I love it. Matthew 25, 14, again, it says, It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. That word wealth is an amazing word, and I think it's very strategic that it's used in this place. because So the obvious definition of wealth is exactly what first comes to our mind when we hear the word wealth, bags of gold, things like that. Wealth means the money that a person has, right? It's, it's your money. And so the very obvious question becomes, how are we managing God's money? If generosity is managing God's wealth, God's way, how are we managing the money that he has allowed us to have? Right? And this includes all the different things that he blesses us with. And the great thing is, even in Scripture, it says that the things that we have are given to us to enjoy. There's, there's not this piling on of guilt from Jesus and Scripture. Right? It, it's, it's a blessing. But how are we managing the money that God has given us to manage? So that's the first definition of that word wealth. But then that definition expands a little bit because the other definition of the word wealth there is the goods and possessions that a person has. Now we're expanding a little bit. So now all of a sudden, have you ever asked the question, have you ever thought about being generous with your home? Have you thought about being generous with your vehicle? Generous with your yard? Generous with your generator? Generous with your tools? Generous with your oven? Have you thought about being generous with your LLC? For those of you in a different season of life, have you thought about being generous with your Xbox? Generous with your trampoline. Generous with the clothes that you're quickly growing out of. And so now, yeah, generosity with your wealth. Wealth is the money that you have, but that word also means the stuff that you have, the possessions that you've been given to manage and enjoy. Are you being generous with your stuff? But then this word has one other definition, and it's, it gets used less, but it's a legitimate definition of this word, and I love it because it goes beyond wealth meaning money, and then it goes beyond wealth meaning the possessions and stuff that we have. The other definition of this word is a person's substance. Substance is the things that something or someone is made of. Your substance is who you are. It's those intangible, unmeasurable gifts from God. So now, have you ever thought about being generous with your patience? Have you thought about being generous with your humility? Or generous with wisdom? Generous with your discernment? Have you thought about being generous with your love for exercise 
and physical health. How about being generous with your mechanical skills? God knows I would not be alive today without some of you with some of those mechanical skills because my brain does not speak that language. And so have you thought about being generous with your understanding of the mechanical world? Have, have you thought about being generous with your heart for children? Being generous with your love for people? How about being generous with encouragement? There have been times, I know you guys have had them, there have been times where you get the right call or the right note, the right email at exactly the right time, right? So at a time where money is worthless to you and the right message at the right time hits you and it means everything, right? Someone was generous with a part of their substance. I need to thank you guys because we, we uh, reintroduced the Safe Families for Children ministry last week and this church flocked to the table in the lobby and they have 13 families from Fieldstone who were interested in being host families and they're going to be following up. But that is an example of people being generous with their heart, generous with their time, generous with their family, generous with their routine, right? Perhaps, this, perhaps a combination of money and stuff and substance, but this word wealth has such a diverse definition and so generosity. Now, does God call us to be generous with our money? Absolutely. The scriptures are clear. We have to handle our money in a way that is going to honor and represent God in the same way that he would handle that money. But generosity is so much more than money. It's our resources, both tangible and intangible. It's God's wealth. It's his money. It's his possessions. It's his toys. It's his stuff. And it's his substance on loan to us, entrusted into our care. And we have to manage it his way. That is generosity. So a couple things. Things where I think we can take a couple steps down the road of generosity. Because we're all at different places. For some of you, you might be considering giving anything away for the very first time. Whether it's money or being generous with your stuff or generous with the substance of who you are, the talents, the gifts, the, the personality that God has given you. And so I think a couple things just wherever at, or maybe you're a lifelong Christian and you're a generous giver in all those different ways and maybe you're just looking for a push a little bit further. A couple things that I think can help us do that wherever we're at. First thing is this. I really believe it's time to start saying yes again. Time to start saying yes again. We are coming out of a two-year stretch around the world where no has been the most common response to almost every request. No, you can't come to the office. No, I won't go to the office. No to the commute. No to the invite to hang out. No to your kids. No to the church. No to restaurants. No to weddings and funerals. No to spectator sports. No to requests for help. No to requests for volunteers. Sometimes we had to say no, right? Sometimes we're forced to say no. Sometimes we choose to say no. And there's certainly a healthy aspect of being able to say no when there's too much going on and you got to find a healthy balance and you're like, got to get some rest, right? So there's a healthy side of no. But I believe as God's people, it's time to lead the way back to being ready to say yes again. At the very least, I'll try. We'll try, right? We're trying to do this as a church, as different opportunities come around. We can't say yes to everything. There's such a long stretch where we had to say no to a lot of stuff or needed to say no to a lot of stuff. We're trying to lead the way back and say, hey, we can't guarantee it, but we'll try. We'll try to make that work. If we can do it, let, in a world of no's, yes can be a powerful resource to be generous with. In a healthy, balanced way, 
I really believe it's time to start saying yes again. Second thing is this, very simply. Breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in and breathe out. In Matthew 10, Jesus sends his disciples out to do ministry for the very first time, sends them out two by two. And and before that, he draws his attention to the needs and the hurts and the people around them. And he sends them out, uh, doesn't give them a lot of instructions, but he says, hey, go and tell people that the kingdom is here. And in Matthew 10, 8, he says this. "Here's, Here's what I want you to do. You've seen me teach and do miracles and interact with people. I want you to go and just freely you've received, now freely give. He says, my disciples, you've heard the truth, now share the truth. You've been changed, now go tell others how to be changed. You've seen it and heard it and experienced it, now go and share it. Receive, give. Breathe in and breathe out. It's a natural rhythm all over this planet, right? Sign of health for you and other things in this universe. The oceans on the coast, they pull cool air from the land at night, and then in the heat of the day, they blow it back onto the shore. Plants breathe in carbon dioxide and breathe out oxygen. Humans, we breathe in that oxygen and we breathe out the carbon dioxide. As humans, again, we take in food and then, well, you know what happens next, right? And it's kind of awkward, it's a little weird, but what happens if you didn't breathe out that food, right? You'd, you'd have some issues, you'd experience some physical pain. And so I'm not, what, maybe if you're just starting out with this idea of generosity, maybe a new concept to you, maybe have never thought about the possibility of being generous with money or your stuff or who you are, or maybe you're way down the line and you're just looking to go to the next level, breathe in and then breathe out as you receive Give. If God blesses you with finances to manage, bless someone with those finances. If God blesses you with possessions to manage, bless someone with those possessions. As God forms you and grows you and blesses you with a unique substance, find creative ways to bless others with the core of who you are. There's an uh, interesting article we came across from Time Magazine from July of 2017. Kind of some interesting research that they came across here. Uh, It says this. It says, It doesn't take a neuroscientist to know that doing nice things for people feels good. But now, researchers say they've discovered that even thinking about doing something generous has real mood-boosting benefits in the brain. Researchers from the University of Zurich told 50 people they'd be receiving about $100. Half of the people were asked to commit to spending that money on themselves, and half were asked to spend it on someone they knew. The researchers wanted to see whether simply pledging to be generous was enough to make people happier. They brought everyone into the lab and asked them to think about a friend they'd like to give the gift to and how much they would hypothetically spend. Then they performed MRI scans to measure activity in three regions of the brain associated with social behavior, generosity, happiness, and decision-making. Those who had agreed to spend money on other people tended to be generous throughout the experiment compared to those who had agreed to spend it on themselves. They also had more interaction between the parts of the brain associated with happiness, and they reported higher levels of happiness after the experiment was over. In fact, planning to give away just a little bit of money had the same effects on happiness as giving away a lot. And it says, it's worth keeping in mind that even little things have a beneficial effect. 
Down further, it says, Studies have also shown that older people who are generous tend to have better health. And other research has indicated that spending money on others can be as effective at lowering blood pressure as medication or exercise. I think this is an example of science catching up with what God has been telling us all along. Generosity. This is a natural, healthy process of life. We were created to live and experience generosity. We serve a generous God. And this is a God who allows us to manage some amazing things on this planet. So may our response to his generosity reflect his heart to the people in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we love you and, and, and we thank you for giving us clear truth. God, thank you for, uh, in some ways, the, the amazing diversity of the Greek language that allows a simple word to mean so much in one of your parables. And so, God, as we, as we leave here, God, wherever we're at, we know that you've commanded us to be generous and you've given us so many different ways to do so. God, may we walk out of here with a little bit of self-examination. What have you blessed us with, God? What have you given us to manage? And may we faithfully and creatively find ways to pour that back out, not only to serve you obediently, but to simply bless the people around us out of what you've blessed us with. Father, we love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you.